0: Is the Steelers Blitz with
1: Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24 7 home of the Black and Gold, SNR?
2: Ah, uh, you know it's just Euler if you your hear a little dead, dead, dead coming into the segment. It is the Steelers Blitz on your 24 7 home of the Black and Gold. Just Wesley Euler with you today. Don't worry though, Arthur Motes will be back. Tomorrow in the saddle as we're rocking and rolling and we'll obviously turn the page completely tomorrow to start to look at those Cincinnati bungles here on the show but today is a Wednesday if you're a familiar uh, card carrying member of Steeler Nation if you're in lockstep on the day-to-day of the team throughout the season uh, you know what that means that means that just a Actually, I mean, just a few moments ago, just a couple hours ago, Ben Roethlisberger speaking to the media, and you're going to want to hear what he has to say here, obviously, Um, talking about his, his injury that he's dealing with, the offense, some things with Matt Canada, and how he believes, you know, collectively as an offensive unit, that they still have another level that they can get to, that they're still working to, and and, and that they can be much better. Here's Ben Roethlisberger earlier this afternoon.
3: Uh, I don't know how it happened. I just know it happened early in the game, um, and I'm going to do everything I can. And uh, uh, what, how
1: does your body Uh Only when
3: you laugh or what? <laughs> no, I, actually I can do that okay. Um, typically when I, uh, when I reach for something outside the framework of my body um, – or you know try and push up off the like, get up off of something the ground or something like that so is it bothering you
1: during the game oh
3: yeah i don't know i haven't thrown a ball since uh since the game so uh i don't, you know you have a lot of adrenaline going during the game
1: what has to happen for you this week to feel comfortable to play on sunday
3: you have a bee on your face by the way i don't want you to yeah, just let you know yeah um well i you know well today is only wednesday so we have a lot of time to uh to get ready to go.
1: And you talked about growing pace with the offense early in the season. It's one thing to say, if you're experiencing it, you guys have a couple of the ball, like you said yesterday,
4: picture you're getting hit too much. How do you work with these guys? all these new guys in front of you kind of help navigate
3: the game. You know, uh, I tell the guys, a lot, no one has to be great. We just all, if we're all good, then collectively we can be great. Um, you know, offense is such a, uh, you know, group effort. You know, it takes literally all 11 guys every play to make it work, and when uh, one guy's a little off here or there, it can can affect the whole thing. So um, we're just going to keep learning and growing, and and figuring out how we can try and get better.
4: Ben, there weren't many shots in the first game against the Bills last
0: week. He we took a lot of shots. Was that a concerted effort to uh, to try to get something
3: going? there? down the field, Yeah, yeah I mean, um, we we. A lot of looks, you know, they gave us different looks, a lot of single high looks, safeties, cheating over. Um, and we talked about it week one, there was, when you have some significant wind, it's hard to go down the field like, like we could last week. So, um, you know, we, we need to hit more of those is, is the issue. What are some of the little
4: things that uh, these offensive might need to learn, Just minor things, minor
1: details that we
3: might not see the game you see? Uh, I'm not alignment lineman, so I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry.
1: a lot of The other day, is that the-
3: to as many as you the game and sit there not count. yeah I, I don't I, you know I don't know um, you know we, we knew going in they had a good a good rush that was going to be um, high motor guys that were going to get after it um, and so um, you know you got you, you to prepare for that but but we we all need to be better um, you know to to eliminate hits to to have a better run game to have more big plays to be more efficient so uh, it's on all of us to to help those things so you yeah. talked about how lot of- High Do you need to complete more of those deep shots on the to get them out of that. Or are there ways to attack the middle of the field even with that safety um, Well, typically when there's a, a guy standing in the middle of the field, you don't go right at him. But um, you know, we Chase and I missed too many of those deep ones. I think if you can uh, connect on even, I know we connected on one and Deontay got one, but we missed a couple of them. If we connect um, even one early, I think it could change the outcome of the way defense play you. Then you said
1: Sunday that the offense didn't. Have-
3: a no huddle option this last game? is that just
4: a
2: part of that specific game plan or is that something that you don't
3: have in general with this well I, you know we don't have it in the sense of what we've had in years past where we've got a, this whole menu of of plays that we can go that I can go to and call uh, you you always have a no huddle in the sense that you have a 2 minute offense and you're not huddling in a 2 minute offense um, in that sense we have 10 to 12 plays where in the past maybe we've had 50 to 100 plays but it's but it's just a it's different the way that we um, we we run it, and so it, it depends on how you technically define a no huddle offense.
4: How do you adjust to not having the the wide menu like you've had in your past like you've been
3: successful in your past? Uh, well, you let the coordinator call the plays, and we need to execute the plays that he calls because we had a good plan. Uh, we just didn't execute them well enough. Ben, do you think it's because some of the newness
4: with the offense?
3: For sure. Yeah, for sure. I'd
4: like working with Matt Canada compared to my coordinator in yeah. the yeah. past.
3: Well, I don't like to compare guys. Just like I won't compare players that we've had that are different. Uh, that's not fair to anybody. But I enjoy working with Matt. Um, he he works really hard. Uh, he's very passionate. Uh, he has a fire for this game and wanting to win. And so, uh, when you add those things up, uh, it makes for a good coach and someone you want to play for.
4: You're able to incorporate both rookie pass catchers the last week, Farno and Harris. So those two guys, you feel like. Can really
0: help you moving forward.
3: That's kind of a, the first step. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought Naj's um, touchdown was exceptional. Uh, it got kind of overlooked because of all that the after the, the play stuff. But um, what a great route! And then the effort to get in was was awesome. I wish we could have all enjoyed it a little more. Uh, and then it, yeah, at some point in that game, uh, third quarter or something, I kind of went to coach that. Hey, we need to get Pat involved. You know, kind of over the ball, some of that shorter area stuff. Um, and, and truthfully, we've got a lot of what I, I think are really good weapons on the outside from receivers to tight ends to running backs that um, I don't think we've really gotten anybody loose yet that have, that have had good games. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And, and I'll take the blame mostly because uh, I'm the one that has to give them the ball.
1: Been someone along those lines, Ebron hasn't been involved very much I think this four targets, circumstantial, what they're doing out
3: there? Yeah, I mean, if you kind of look, nobody's really had a lot of action so far in the first two games. And like I said, I'll take that, that blame. You know, I think the the good news is we know what we have in our in our outside weapons, and I'll, I'll just keep trying to get better and getting them the ball more.
1: At and the same were, time, though, Ben, I mean, you guys, when you go back and watch the film, uh, do you guys need to do a better job getting some separation
4: downfield or, or anything like that?
3: Nope, I just got to give them the ball.
4: Ben, you know, you were really tight with guys like hmm? You know, you've got a bunch of guys that in here. You've only won a few months. You, mm-hmm. We were talking to them, talking about corrections in the offense in general. You have to, be I don't know, a little more.
3: I think um, the key to being a good leader is knowing how to motivate and speak to guys because everyone's going to be different from position to players um, because of your relationship with them and all those things. So uh, in, in that sense alone, you've got to learn, you know, I, I got to learn how to, to help guys. But it, it, I, I don't really try trying to get too involved in the. The techniques of like linemen. Like I, I can't tell guys how to block when it comes to being on the line, but what I can do is just try and emphasize how important it is to, to play for your brother, to play for the guy next to you. Um, it doesn't matter that you can go out there and say, well, I did my job today, but if we didn't win the game and you didn't help the team win, then it doesn't, it shouldn't matter. If it does, then you kind of have the wrong mentality for this ultimate team sport. You've got to go out and do your job, but you also have to understand that um, collectively we have to do the job together. So Sometimes that's the best way I can try and help young guys is just um, helping them to understand that it's more than just what you do. It's how did you help the team today?
1: What you've seen from Fangle's film, Are
3: they using Mike Hilton with the the biggest challenge? Them. Yeah, a lot. It looks it looks almost like he's taking some of the Steeler defense over there, too, and doing some stuff. But, um, you know, he's blitzing. He's He's taking away the screens. He's doing what we came to love and expect here. And so I think everyone knows that the strength of their team uh, and the money that they put into it is in their front and their their D-line. And so um, another tough task this week, because once you block those guys or you think you haven't blocked, here comes Mike or another or, or a set of safety off the other side. So um, this could be a tough challenge for us. But I know big
4: focus of the Oxygen with you and Matt Canada learning to work together, getting on the same page through two games. Do you feel like you guys are on the same page as far as play calling and what you have available?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think he's done a great job. Um, you know, coaches call plays, players need to execute it. And so um, we need to execute better. Two more? You talked early on
1: this season the fact that you said you going to have those growing pains. Mm-hmm.
4: Defense might have to help you some of the losses injury wise. Do you guys feel a little bit nervous to see to get accelerated,
3: get past the first? Maybe a little bit, but we, we still have to walk a line, careful, not try and do too much. Um, you know, we. We're not panicking. I know. You know. It's only the second week. We, we're, we're one and one. We lost to a team that's two and zero, and it was a you know a, a one score game till the end. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it feels like a, a bad feeling, a bad loss. But but we understand it's real early in the season. Everyone in our division's got the same record. So um, you know we're gonna we're gonna get ourselves together and get ready to go.
1: Ben is a complete aside, <clears throat> um, When Ken Anderson was your quarterback, were you aware of his background? as a player and did he
3: ever tease you about what he did the way ball used to tease other defensive men. Uh Yes, I, I was aware of his background and, and his playing days, even though you have to like blow the dust off all the books when he played and he didn't have a face mask half the time. But uh, we used to tease him about that stuff. But, you know, you know, he was obviously when he was here, he, when you have a guy that, that played and, and I think is a Hall of Fame right. snub, I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I'd say snub, but you know, I, I think agree, he should be in I there. Agree. But um, you know, when, when a guy that has played as long and is as good as he is, when he tells you something, you listen a little more than a guy that had never played quarterback before, which I'm sure the guys do with LeBeau. You know, you got some on-the-field experience. It's pretty cool to get um, advice from.
2: Benjamin the future Hall of Famer, your Stillers quarterback talking to the media Uh, earlier today, just a few moments ago. That's Ben's day, Wednesday, and he certainly does not sound like a guy who's panicked. I think you never want to assume anything, but he certainly sounds like a guy who's going to play on Sunday. Again, I don't know anything. You don't want to assume. I'm not reporting that, anything like that, but uh, you got to think if if maybe there was any chance Ben wasn't going to play this weekend, that they probably wouldn't have had him do his typical availability. He might not have been as candid with some of that stuff. That's at least... I guess the glass-half-full side of me, if you will. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz on SNR. I do want to play uh, one more piece of audio before we get out of here. Merrill Hodge and Craig Wolfley talking about the Steelers' run game. Uh, I know that's something that everybody will be interested to hear, but I did want to get to some of your tweets, do some power rankings as well. Let's check out some of the tweets here. Steeler Nation 920 tweets me and says, "Uh, Coolest sports venue you've been to other than Heinz. If you could put any past Steeler on our current team, who would you add and why? And Porterhouse or Tenderloin? Ooh, Porterhouse, but that's a close one. Uh, coolest sports venue I've been to other than Hines? I've been pretty fortunate. I've been to some some cool sports venues. Off the top of my head, uh, Lambeau was sick. Obviously, uh, I went to the Joe Lewis Arena, which was the Detroit Red Wings' old barn. Right, I, I went there in 2009 when the the year the Pens won the Cup. I went to Game Two up in Detroit, and and me being you know having the hockey background that I do have, that was really cool for me. The Joe Lewis Arena, obviously, uh, no longer standing, one of the most storied barns in hockey. Uh, I've been to Yankee Stadium. I've been to Death Valley in Baton Rouge where LSU plays. Um, that's those are the ones. Off the uh, off the top of my head, that that, that I would go with there. Um, you know what? Too honestly, is is as, as much as I don't like saying it, the Carrier Dome where Syracuse plays basketball, pretty sweet sports venue uh, as well. As in terms of any past Steeler on our current team, who you would add and why? It's got to be an offensive lineman, right? Uh, so probably Fanica or Dermani Dawson would be the first one to come to mind. I mean, like rookie Pouncey would be pretty great right now. Young David DeCastro would be pretty great right now, but I think I would go Alan Fanica or Dermani Dawson it would be one of those two. I mean, one of those guys would would do wonders for the run game right now. Adam tweets me and says, "What's your take on Taco Charlton?" I remember there was a lot of buzz around him during his draft, and he has bounced around the league since. Do you have any ideas as to why it hasn't clicked for him yet, Adam? This was something that I was you know wanting to talk to with Moats, and we will do that tomorrow, but. My, you know, without watching a ton of tape on Taco Charlton and just kind of lightly following his career like I do across the NFL and, and some of the things that I was reading yesterday, it feels like when he was at Michigan, he's got the size and he's got the natural athleticism, right? Feels like maybe when he was at Michigan, he was just able to get by on that size and that raw ability. If I was guessing as to why or kind of what I've deduced as to why it hasn't clicked for him yet. He's got to polish some of his pass rushing moves. He's got to have better technique, right? Because, again, he's got the size. He's got the natural ability. That's why he was a first-round draft pick, 28th overall, just two spots before our guy T.J. Watt. I, I, that's all I got for you. I, again, we'll talk about this a little bit more with Motes. Obviously, the, the linebacker who can who can really break it down for you. But it feels like it's a tech, technique issue. It feels like he just got by on size and athleticism, Um at at michigan and 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 maybe hasn't been able to polish uh some of that technique some of those pass rush moves uh that it that you know that it takes to to stay in the national football league annie tweets me and says do you see the offensive line getting a lift when zach banner is able to play and who comes out if Derek watt plays fullback uh i do annie i think zach banner is the best run blocking offensive lineman on the team i think that alone will be a huge lift I, I, I am excited to see what type of uh, wrinkles Zach Banner can add um, if he is hopefully back here sooner rather than later as to who Derek Watt would replace. I mean, it's got to be a tight end or a wide receiver, right? Um, Eric Ebron might be a good candidate because we know he leaves a lot to be desired in the uh, run-blocking department. And you could also make a case that you, you take one of the wide receivers off the field, whether it be Deontay, whether it be Juju, whether it be Chase Claypool. But that's a wrinkle that, that I would... Certainly um, hope is 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 maybe coming down the line. Uh Julie tweets me and says, Hey Wes, I'm just coming out of my depression after Raiders loss. Poor Boz had a 56 yarder and it meant nothing. I'm gonna die hard. Let's get those Bengals. I the bungles, actually, Julie says. That's that's all you could do now. You you lick your wounds for a day or two, but then you start looking ahead and you figure out how to get this thing moving in the right direction direction Rod Dalla tweets me and says Trey Norwood was definitely hesitant on that blitz you're absolutely right that was part of the issue that was part of uh what led to that big play that's part of those rookie growing pains I think particularly for a seventh rounder um and it it was smart of the Raiders honestly it really felt like they started um trying to go after some of the inexperienced areas of the Steelers defense and uh and I I Definitely think that, that we saw that play out. Steel City Champs tweets me and says, how optimistic are you about Tuit returning? And if not, does uh, this bring in the topic of bringing in Geno Atkins? Hmm. I I don't see them adding a bunch more. You know, they've they gone out and gotten Taco Charlton. I They've gone out and gotten Carl Joseph. They traded for Witherspoon. Um, I am optimistic about Tuit returning because they've said all along that they expect him to be back this year. But I just, I really have no timeline on that, what that's going to look like, what type of shape he's going to be in, anything in in that regard. All right, let's hear here before, let's hear here, before I give you uh, some of my power rankings, before we go around the league a little bit, uh, Craig Wolfley, Merrill Hodge, Mike Pursuta on the Steelers' run game issues, breaking it all down, where they can get better, how they can get better, and what we've seen so far.
1: And uh, Najee... Gets the snap. He's back on third down. Fires a bullet. Pulled in by Najee. Gets out of a tackle. Ten five. Touchdown. Najee Harris. Wow! Did he make a great play? Yo, baby. That's the way to go.
5: Najee Harris. No, like I said, you know, when you get a more feel of the game, you understand what type of defense they're in. So as a running back or as a player, you you understand what's the uh, the the free spots that's going to be there as a, as a, as the a day goes on. So you know. Um, he had me man and I, I knew where the free spot was at and i would have a lot of space to work with so welcome back to the extra point presented by microsoft surface now time to talk about the steelers offense and merrill we'll start with you and wolf on this one sorry Pursuita. Uh what is the steelers identity have they figured that out yet merrill or is it just the growing pains as ben roethlisberger alluded to prior to heading to buffalo
4: well, no, they don't have an identity because they don't have something that they can trust and do each and every week. You know, you line up and go, "We're going to do this." Doesn't matter what you do, and doesn't matter you know what we're going to do. They don't have that, and and the really easiest way to create an identity, and really what they need from an identity perspective, is to establish a really critical, powerful running attack because that permeates through the team. This doesn't just help your offense; it helps your defense, and. The one thing that the best defense statistic the best defense has at the end of the year whoever that ends up being they play the fewest snaps pretty statistical Uh, that's pretty consistent every year that's what happens and so what offense can keep them off the field i get in their running game and identity there is going to be critical now as you study them the, the good thing is all the things that they need to do can be done they can be corrected, you know, and Wolf's going to talk a little bit about it. I don't want to elaborate too much on it. There's just a lot of missed errors and that's angles and how you block. And if a couple, one guy on each uh, each run does their job a little better, takes the proper angle, you got a lot of room for Najee. Um, Najee also is getting frustrated by this because as a runner, he's abandoned a couple of the runs. He has been too fast. He's not pressed the hole. He's not been patient. So he's starting to jump out of character trying to make something happen. And see, there's a, it permeates negatively as it can permeate positively when you're not doing the right thing. So they are correctable. It does all start up front. And then Najee can't get out of character. He's got to stay disciplined on a couple runs and bail to the perimeter too quick. When you need to press the hole, the harder you press the hole, you pull defenders in, you make it easier on the block. When you take the ball and you try to get to the perimeter, it's very hard to do that. Now, he only did it a couple of times. It all still starts up front. But if they clean up those things, and I think they got to eliminate their motions and shifts right now. It's just not helping them. It's confusing them. Um, it's not creating any advantage for them. I think it's a disadvantage, quite honestly, because it's not fooling anybody with their, their, their motions. Um, it's bringing extra guys in the box that are not accounted for. So all of those things can be um, fixed. That is the one thing that you know about them. Um, It's just not going to happen in one week, but this would be a really good week to focus in on a few things like their counter trap and a few staple runs where everybody's sure where they're going to go and then get the proper angles and give Najee at least an opportunity at the point of attack. You start doing that, then the positive things will start to come and the identity will be there.
5: All right, Wolf, uh, give us the lowdown on the O-line and just, you know, what you've seen from week one to week two. Coach Tomlin said, you know, penalty-free basically in Buffalo, but that was not the case yesterday against the Raiders.
1: No, it wasn't, you know, and it's a shame. But Right now, Merrill speaks the truth. Merrill's telling you from experience. He knows. He understands from a mind, running back's mindset. you got to experience some success. You know, Coach Noel always used to say, success begets success. If you start off with some successful running, the ability to throw, a, you know, four, eight, 12-yard runs in there right from the get-go, things are going to start rolling better for you and maybe a simplification without the bells and whistles. I was all for the motions. I, I was all for those things. Pre-snap, shiny things, post-snap, shiny things to kind of keep that defense a little bit offset and make them freeze a little bit. That's not happening yet. So maybe just getting back and simplifying And It comes with one block, one guy, one time, all right? So if you're blocking on the downside, on the front side, blocking down, you know, maybe getting your head in front rather than being behind the guy, which creates an opportunity for that defensive guy to get up the gap. You got to get your head in front. If you're on the backside, you've got to cut off and throw your body in there and be able to get the cutoff. I mean, I know Adrian Club. This guy's an old school, tough guy, wants people moved off the ball, get after it. And, you know, we saw some good feistiness in Buffalo, and there was good feistiness yesterday. But if you're not progressively getting better in your skills, making sure you dot the I's, cross the T's, you're going to have problems. And some of the problem comes with the young guys having an ability to understand what their blocking radius is. You're on a track and you got to stay on that track. If you run outside zone, inside zone, you know, it's not like gap blocking back in the day with Merrill and I, you knew who you had and you knew where that ball was going. Exactly. So you got to move that guy and the onus is on you. But in this, with the streams guys especially young guys you're a little bit off on do I have this guy or not and you might bypass a most dangerous man all right and get to another guy and then you leave that most dangerous man making the hit or disrupting Najee in the backfield when you're getting a handoff and you're getting somebody in your grill right on the handoff ask Merrill Merrill you can answer this what's it like when you get somebody simultaneous in your grill while you're getting the ball it's a little difficult to decide where to go with it I would say well, that's why we always say, "Well, penetration is the number one killer in the running
4: game because it eliminates a running back's options. Once you define where the runner goes, advantage defense." The case in point why they got to win at the point attack. An at, at, at attack the offensive line has that responsibility. As a runner, I have to enhance that by attacking it and pressing it because that helps you guys. I can't abandon that before it even happens, and that's starting to happen because I know what Najee's thinking. Well, I'll just make something happen. You know, nothing's happening up front. Don't trust it. So I'm gonna try to make something happen. So before it goes south too too quick, you gotta reel this thing back in. Um, get yourself some confident runs that you can run. I love the counter trap. They're close on a counter trap. See, so they hit one of the big runs was a counter trap. Right. And um, they were close on a couple others, but to your point, Wolf, they came off on the wrong angle. They get one guy gets beat. The hard blocks actually are done. The one the line of scrimmage was missed, or you got a scene. You got to, I mean, you got a, a Canale going there, but with that one guy, he makes the tackle. So they are that close. They are that close. And I think this game, this week is going to be really pivotal that they hone in and focus on some staples and make it very simple so they can get some confidence.
5: Triv, Coach Helman said after the game, besides the penalties, he was also upset with them not having enough detail on those possession downs. We also heard from Ben Roethlisberger. What did you make of how the Steelers felt this offensive performance kind of started to go downhill?
0: Well, I mean, you know, Ben's frustration was uh, pretty apparent after the game. And uh, one of the things that really spoke volumes to me along those lines was uh, the seven third downs that they were unable to convert. I think it was an average of 8.7 yards per attempt. There was a lot of 3rd and nine, third and 10, 3rd and 12, 3rd and 6. So that tells you not a lot was happening on 1st and 2nd down. It was interesting when they got to the 4th quarter and uh, there was that situation, do they punt or did they go for it? I'm thinking, well, I might be inclined to go for this. And then I thought, well, what play am I going to run? What, what am I sure is going to get me a yard right now? And. Uh, I didn't come up with one, so I'm with Wolf and Merrill. I think you stay with it Uh, as long as I've been hanging around the game. When teams are struggling, they say stay at it, keep working on it, uh, gradually improve it. You know, Najee Harris has talked about feeling uh, much further along in the process after just two games. Hopefully the linemen are feeling the same. Hopefully the more that they play and play together, they they can start popping one here. We've seen it work. We just haven't seen it work consistently they, they need more consistency and uh, to Merrill's point they need a go-to that they can kind of rely upon when things get tough or when you need to make a play and if you can get to that you can build off that
2: Mike Pursuta Merrill Hodge and Craig Wolfley of course as always hosted by Missy Matthews breaking down uh, the Steelers run game, the identity of this offense, how to get all those things moving in the right direction. Great conversation with those four. If you want to see the full video uh, with some of the film breakdown as well, too, that is, of course, available at Steelers.com. I got a confession to make. I I lied to you guys. All right? I said that I was going to give my power rankings here across the league, uh, top 10 teams in the NFL like we normally do on a Wednesday, but I'm out of time, and... I also can't do that without Arthur Motes, right? Because we go back and forth, we kind of argue about it. Wait, really? You think this team's better than that team? So here's my compromise for you, all right? I'm sorry for leading you astray, for running you amok this afternoon. But tomorrow, when Motes back, I promise we will do our, our power rankings then, all right? Sound good? Because we got to get Motes in on it as well, too. I can't just be talking to myself about how I think are the best 10 teams in the NFL. I need a little... Uh, back and forth with my partner in crime. So we'll do that tomorrow. Thanks to everybody who tweeted me today. I always love you guys. Uh, saucing the tweets my way. Making life easier on me. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, Arthur Moats back in the saddle. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo on the show as well. All of our typical Thursday hijinks. So thanks to everybody for rocking and rolling with me today. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. As always, at high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold.
5: Steelers Nation Radio.